to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher. And I'm Danny Carraher. And this week, we are going to be talking about the Batman. Uh, this is probably one of our most anticipated, if not most anticipated films of 2022. We have already hit that film here in March and uh, I am absolutely thrilled to be talking about this. Um, the two of us, we got to watch it together last night, Tuesday, uh, March 1st, on the IMAX in a fans-only showing. Um, and so let's, let's just get straight into this. Uh, the... The thing about Batman is that it has been done so many times that every single time a new movie comes out, you wonder if they should even be making another Batman movie, um, especially because we have some really good Batman movies already. Um, if you talk about the best superhero movies of all time, uh, several Batman movies are going to be up there. And so... The fact that it just keeps getting done over and we keep rebooting it over and over and over again, I think is um, a little bit questionable. Uh, however, I love Batman um, and you could basically make anything Batman and it doesn't matter how many times you make a Batman movie. I am going to be there every single time because I just, I love the character. Um, and so this movie is by director Matt Reeves. Uh, he made two of the Planet of the Apes movies, uh, and he also made Cloverfield and uh, Let Me In, and those are really kind of his big movies. He did have um, some earlier ones that just before like he became kind of a big name, um, but he has definitely proven himself as being a blockbuster making machine and with his version of the batman this is the premise it's real basic off of imdb um, and then we'll we'll get into what we thought so it says when the riddler a sadistic serial killer begins murdering key political figures in gotham batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement so that is where we are at with this Batman premise. So Danny, let's jump right in. What did you think? I love so a few movies I've seen in recent years that I feel like I'm like itching to go see it again. I am very excited to see it again. Um, I think that, uh, even though it is a pretty long movie, it's two hours and 56 minutes, which is longer than most people <laughs> enjoy. Um, I, I think it's worth it. And, uh, you know, when you were mentioning, you know, the question of, is it worth remaking these Batman movies? I typically would say in any other scenario, no, it's not worth it. And if they asked me, should they do another Batman movie like three years ago, I probably would have said probably not. But that doesn't mean that I didn't love this movie. I loved this movie because it has great cinematography, great performances, fantastic editing, an awesome score, and just an overall really uh, uh, terrific vision for what this Gotham could look like compared to previous iterations. Uh I thought about this a lot, a lot over the time since we've seen it. And I'm actually giving this a 10 out of 10 stars because I liked it that much. I also have been thinking about this a lot and deciding. So I, here's the thing. I was super hyped for this movie and you were trying to warn me about a month to two months ago that I needed to be careful um, because I didn't want to overhype it because uh, this is a movie I've been so hyped about. And so I've been I've been trying to think over the last uh, not it hasn't even been 24 hours since we've seen it uh, about whether or not my love of this is uh impacted by just how hyped I was for it and whether or not I am 
kind of blind to maybe some of its deficiencies. And I do not think that I am. Uh, I think beyond this being a Batman movie, this is just an excellent film, film all the way around. I also gave it a 10 out of 10. And the fact that I'm giving a 10 out of 10 in March of this year for a movie and we, we, we talked about how good we think last year's slate of films were. Um, and I already feel like this year has a chance to surpass that simply because this movie is just absolutely incredible. And my hope, my hope is that the Academy embraces this film and it gets just nominated up and down. Uh, and I, I can make an argument for this to get nominated in nearly every category that it potentially could be or could qualify for. Um, and with maybe the exception of a couple of the acting categories, uh, from every technical category in this film is uh, on a different level than any other superhero movie, um, from production design to cinematography to editing to sound to visual effects, to score. Uh, it, it is just a technical feat. I think that this screenplay is excellent. Uh, it has a lot of very interesting things to say. And it is probably one of the most ritually written uh, characters are Batman characters because we, we see growth from this character within this one film. And uh, it's just a very, very layered character that we don't usually get with Batman because Batman is usually just this completely stoic uh, individual. And we, we don't always get more of what's underneath all of that. And I think we, we get that a little bit here. Um, so yes, I, I, think that this has a chance to be my favorite movie of the year. Um, and the, it's just absolutely amazing. And I can't wait for everyone else to see this. Yeah. And it feels almost wrong to be giving a movie a 10 this early. It's like, am I, am I crazy or something? But it, it, and it feels, you know, there's a certain part of us being kind of maybe snobby in a way to think like, it's a Batman movie. Does it deserve 10 stars? But I think that was the conversation. Giving it 10 stars. And so that then I just kind of had to tell myself, like, why can't a Batman movie get 10 stars? You know, why can't that be the case? Uh, I think that this is a, a question that we can maybe lead towards. We don't have to answer it yet. But after we discuss kind of more of the technical aspects, I'd be curious to get to the core question. Where does this stand in relation to the other Batman movies that we have? Is this the but let's let's kind of guide us ourselves start with uh, the performances because I think that is a key here that maybe puts this above a lot of other uh, Batman movies. Um, specifically starting with uh, Robert Pattinson, but Robert Pattinson is able to make this character, not only the Bruce Wayne iteration, but the Batman iteration seem like one person. And a lot of times, and this is, again, a lot of this is with the writing, but a lot of times you get the sense that uh, Batman is so much a different person than Bruce Wayne and that it's, he's performing also as Bruce Wayne. But I liked that this version of Batman did not really try to perform as much as Bruce Wayne. He was, he is the messed up guy. Man, you know, and uh, I think that um, a lot of what Robert Pattinson's doing with his eyes, something we had mentioned uh, after we had seen it last night. Uh, there's so much acting that's happening with his eyes. And also he is able to, um, make because he's he's a good looking guy he's able to make himself look disturbing in a way that is necessary to this character uh and i i thought that he is i think the best yeah i 
I agree. He's the best Batman. Um, and mainly because this movie, I think, is more of a Batman movie than, like, I mean, when it comes to uh, showcasing Batman. There's not very many scenes of it just just him as Bruce Wayne. Um, and, and this is really about Batman. Um, and he's the scariest Batman. <laughs> um, and he, because you, you get the sense with this Batman that... He has nothing to lose. Um, some of the other Batmans, I kind of feel like uh, because they they play into this who Bruce Wayne is so much and how Bruce Wayne is a kind of a social person that uh, um, is really beloved within like the community, that there's something to lose there. Um, in this Batman, he's Batman and can be fully Batman because he's kind of at the point where he's like, what the heck? <laughs> um, I'm willing to put my life on the line every single time yeah. I go out. And this, this is maybe uh, not a spoiler, but just something for the character. This Bruce Wayne is mostly a shut in. He is not as visible as previous to Bruce Wayne's. Yeah, and it's very clear. The script uh, alludes as such. It's not just an observation that we see based upon uh, what, we, what we're viewing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there are some definite allusions uh, to the fact that he, um, he, he doesn't come out very much. And right. so... Uh, I think that makes it really interesting. Um, I think it maybe makes him a little bit more mysterious. Um, and yeah, as you were saying with his eyes, uh, the acting that he does with his eyes is really, really great. Um, the way that he is captured on screen is also very, very good. The way that Matt Reeves has edited the film and shot the film in the way that, uh, he is showcased is, uh, special and frankly I can't wait to watch it again simply to see that aspect of it because um, because the thing about seeing this movie the first time around is it's there's a lot going on and there's a lot there uh, to unpack and uh, there's little things that I picked up on but I can't wait to watch this repeatedly and kind of pick up on specific things like the way that he is portrayed throughout the entire film mm -hmm. um but yeah robert pattison is really good um we talked about i talked about how uh throughout kind of the the oscar categories uh it should get nominated in just about every category um this is the type of performance that's not going to get nominated uh because it just doesn't maybe give quite enough um but that doesn't mean that it's a bad performance uh and like batman being batman is not a huge showcase for a great actor no. uh, but it's I, actually it's actually kind of a tough role to act because you are so limited by what you can do yeah and i think that is where our praise is towards robert pattinson exactly is able to do a lot with how restricted the, the character is right right exactly um, so let's move on to somebody else here. Um, I think we maybe should talk about Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon, um, because this is, I think, perfect casting. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright is, uh, an excellent, excellent Jim Gordon. Um, and part of what I think, man, now, now we're, like the, the thing about this is that uh, the performances are really great, but because it has such a great script that allows for these actors to um, kind of develop these characters a little bit more than an average superhero type movie, uh, it, it really highlights just how good some of these supporting performances are. Um, and never before have we ever seen a partnership between Gordon and Batman like we do in this one, where they are yeah. truly like partners. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it is also something to where you don't get the sense that Batman is the leader or Jim Gordon's really the leader. They both kind of need each other to figure things out. I mean, yes, Batman is our main character, so we're focused on him. But like 
I I get the sense that he he needs Jim Gordon to make these things happen. He needs a guy on the inside to be able to help uh, do the right thing, essentially. And I think that there's something about Jeffrey Wright as a performer that he has a quality about him that is, first of all, he has integrity in like just everything that he does. He is uh, a person that you can still view as being a tough guy while also being that moral uh, character that we need him to be in Jim Gordon. And so I was just uh, very impressed with that. And again, it, it is very hard to talk about this without talking about the writing. A thing that the script does that is so great for the characters and the actors is it is like maybe 75% drama thriller and 25% a Batman movie. You know, like I, I think that it's Batman and Gotham are the, uh, are the setting and the rest of the story are, is just a drama, like a, a crime drama. And uh, that makes for really cool dynamics between Jeffrey Wright and Robert Pattinson. They aren't, their relationship has some turbulence at times, um, I would say, and not, not to the degree that other uh, relationships are in the movie, but that makes this movie that much more dynamic. Um, I will I will say that again we're we're kind of talking about the script at the same time if that's okay I, I think that yeah. that's, that's easy way to natural the script also does something where it never really puts more than a few characters in a scene uh, there are some character scenes where there's a lot of characters but usually it's either Batman and another character. And that is really good from an acting standpoint because you get to see a lot of what those actors can do. And it's really uh, nice from a writing standpoint because you don't have to worry about uh, what certain characters know in a lot of ways. It is uh, easier to manipulate kind of who is telling the truth or not telling the truth in different scenes. Yeah, I agree with that. Um... Um, this is, I think, a good lead-in to uh, the Catwoman, Selena Kyle character, um, who's played by Zoe Kravitz. And this is a very dynamic character. Uh, it's almost, this character is almost like a co-lead, even though it is a supporting performance. Um, and actually, the three of them. I think the three, those three characters are kind of like our Batman's in the center, but then Gordon and uh, Catwoman or Selena Kyle um, are both really, really important to the way that this film works. Um, and Zoe Kravitz did an excellent job. I, I haven't really seen that much yeah. from her. And uh, like she, she hasn't really been featured that much in a bunch of stuff and uh, the type of movies that she makes um, typically are not... Uh, kind of in my my wheelhouse of movies that I like to watch um but I thought she was really believable in this and one thing that I have to say is the chemistry between Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz is so good and it's so important to how this uh story kind of develops it, it is necessary for that chemistry to be there. And it would be very, very easy for the, this not to work. They could have cast some really famous actor. Um, I know Zoe Kravitz is a, a known name, but she's not on the same level as some of these other actors in this film. And so they could have really cast a giant actor for this and the chemistry maybe wouldn't have worked. And, uh, but this worked and once again, great casting uh, Matt Reeves and his casting director's part uh, to, to make, to make this all work. Yeah. I, I was just enamored by any scene between Robert Pattinson and her because there was a sort of unpredictability. Uh, she is a character that is great in the sense of you don't know what her, uh, motivations are at times and she's a little mis bit mysterious she's kind of a classic femme fatale character in noir movies and um, I think that she's right in saying that 
she is basically a co-lead because aside from her, uh, aside from Batman, she has, I think, the most next most developed storyline. Um, there's a case to be made that the next most, I know we, we talked about Gordon, but he, his character doesn't develop as much. Right. He's, pretty, he's pretty static in terms of in role he plays, but he's in it a lot. The other character, I think, is Riddler. He, we get a lot of story development of the Riddler, but in kind of a backwards way. Um, yeah. What, what do, do you want to talk about Paul Dano a little bit? Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the, I don't want to spoil too much, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too far down this road. Um, this performance is sort of an interesting performance because for a good portion of the film, you really don't get to see Paul Dano. Um, and so a lot of it is voice acting, to be completely honest. Um, and uh, kind of, and, and, and at times, his voice is being altered. Uh, and so his inflection, the way he says different words, it's very, very important. Um, and then we do get a little bit of him as like the actual actor later in kind of the juxtaposition or uh, comparison between uh, who we see on both sides of this is very, very interesting. Um, and this performance is probably the performance that has the best chance of getting uh, some Oscar or awards love uh, mm -hmm. just because it, it's a little bit baity <laughs> in that way. Okay. And uh, there is one scene in particular, um, won't spoil anything, that uh, is a, a great showcase of who Paul Dano is as an actor. And uh, it's going to be a very memorable scene for me for the rest. Like I'll be thinking about that scene probably for the rest of the year as one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's just, and we've seen Paul Dano be great in a lot of movies. So I don't think either of us actually, when they announced that Paul Dano was going to be cast as the Riddler, I think both of us uh, thought it was a great, great choice um yeah. just he he fits that that bill um and i am very very happy that he delivers here the one thing i want to say and i think that probably will leave some uh comic book fans a little skeptical is this is a complete reimagination of the character of the riddler um mm -hmm. in order to make it really work in this world that uh, matt reeves has created but i think it works so brilliantly and this is the type of villain that i like in superhero movies and why christopher it, it, it's it's the sort of villain that you would see in like a christopher nolan movie because it is more grounded in this is somebody that is actually living out there today. Maybe not to the same extremes, but represents a lot of what we see in our society today. Yeah, and uh, touching on the writing of the Riddler, uh, he is a character that is, he is the culmination of the world we live in right now. That he, and that's all I'll say about him right now. Um, and I think that that, that much more of a great movie for this year. I, I, I think if, if they didn't make certain choices with the character and if Paul Dano honestly didn't make certain choices as an actor, um, this maybe would not have resonated with me. So, uh, Riddler is, I mean, it's not a spoiler to really say the Riddler is essentially the main villain of the movie. Uh, there's a lot of, characters that batman has to encounter that are seem like obstacles but might, might not be obstacles and uh it is uh interesting to see kind of how it all comes together um i think that leaves essentially in terms of main main characters is colin farrell as the penguin uh, what do you think his um, Colin Farrell is fantastic as, as uh, Oswald Cobblepot, um, also known as the Penguin. Uh, the makeup job, we didn't even talk about makeup. The makeup yeah. job uh, for Colin Farrell is outstanding. He is nearly unrecognizable, mm -hmm. um, but his performance 
every single time he's on screen, you're just enamored with what he's going to do. Uh, and um, I'm going to, I'm once again, not a spoiler, but I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted yeah. more of him. Um, and, and uh, yeah, that, that's a, he, he just, he just nails this. Yeah. Uh, he's fun in, in a way he's almost acts as a little bit of comic relief for the film at times when it needs a little bit of comic relief. Um, but it's not played in a goofy sort of way. He's just kind of this uh, sort of eccentric uh, character that's somewhere stuck between, a, we talked about this, between a Batman villain and the mobster. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that I, I will say is when we think about Paul Dano, I remember when he was cast, I would say just like, if, if you and I sat down and tried to cast a movie of Batman and we had the characters and we had to figure it out, we might actually come across the name Paul Dano and be like, he'd be a really great Riddler. We would probably never say Colin Farrell would be perfect for the Penguin. I mean, like, I wouldn't. I don't think you probably would. And uh, something that I heard recently that made that was interesting to me is uh, I listened to an interview with Matt Reeves and he talked about how uh, the reason why they put the prosthetic makeup on him is uh, originally when Colin Farrell was cast, he was had gained a lot of weight for a previous role. And they asked, he was like, do you want to keep the weight? And he said, no, I don't think it's good for my health. And so then they came up with this prosthetic and they were worried that it would be not good for the performance that it would cover his face too much and the makeup technician specialist was like it will be like you won't even recognize that it's makeup it will like it it will just accentuate the areas around his face where he emotes and he he like is totally able to emote throughout through the makeup and like he seems like a totally real person. There's not even a, a second where you're like, this seems like makeup. It seems totally real. Well, uh, Colin Farrell, I think, is a very... Uh, it, it, he uses his face a lot when he acts. If you've seen in other films, um, he he's very... The, his face is a big part of his performance. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the case here. Like you, you like that, that is kind of part of uh, what makes this performance so good is that uh, you still see everything behind this facade. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it it is a really great, great performance. And uh, yeah, like I said, I, I would love to see more of it. Yeah. um, I, I think I mean, we could talk about Andy Serkis a little. I think that he does a good job as uh, Alfred Pennyworth. The uh, the I think that getting him and Colin Farrell and Paul Dano and Jeffrey Wright and Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson, who are I think maybe not the biggest stars right now, but all of them are names. They are names that people would recognize. And to be able to get them all to contribute to this movie. And they're each given their space within the movie. Yeah. You don't, you don't feel like um, one character is drowning out another character. It is a really well-balanced story from that, that standpoint. Well, and it goes back to what you were saying. That this, right, this script uh, allows for a lot of kind of dual acting scenes where mm-hmm. it's really just what two two or three characters um that are interacting with each other and so yeah every all of these actors they get their time um and uh yeah it it makes for some pretty incredible performances um and yeah i couldn't i honestly could not be happier with the way that uh this all turned out and the way that it made me feel while I was watching it and the way that I feel today, just thinking about it and the way that I feel about trying to get to the theater as soon as I can to see it again. Yeah. Um, and, and it's because these characters are so great and it just has an amazing 
amazing screenplay that frankly probably won't get nominated for best adapted screenplay but i think that it should be in the conversation uh because there's some absolutely great dialogue um there are some I, i think maybe one of the reasons that it could get nominated is that it has um some really timely uh themes or uh at least discussions that are being had um, revolving around politics and corruption. uh, And also in particular, more timely um, police and kind of the way that we view police. Um, And I think they say some really interesting things about that as well. You know, it's, it is interesting from that perspective. It makes me wonder too, how much when this is released, Oh, like to broad audiences, how much that narrative will be picked up on by average moviegoers. And if that will be, people will be receptive to certain things or people won't like certain things. I'm just curious because, excuse me, because I feel that this is a, in a lot of ways, it's a political movie. Oh, uh, it is, without a doubt. And, and, uh, I, and I know not everybody will see it that way, but I think that it's hard to not see it that way. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, granted, you and I, we, we think about politics on a more regular basis. And so a lot of how we view movies in general are from kind of a political um, viewpoint. Uh, and, and yeah, this, I, but I do believe that this script was written with that in mind. Um, but when it, it, if you go back and you read uh, any of the comic books, like I'm thinking like a uh, year one, um, mm-hmm. year one, a huge part of that is about police corruption. Mm-hmm. A huge part of a lot of these Batman stories are about political corruption. And so mm-hmm. these aren't new ideas that are being discussed in this movie. That's something that has been, dis- that was discussed back in the eighties when a lot of these stories were written um, and now being adapted, but it just, it fits with the issues that we um, talk about as uh, people living in the year 2022 and kind of grappling with some of these ideas. Um, I, I'm not going there. There's another uh, kind of theme or issue that comes up that gets revealed later in the film. And so I don't want to tap into that too much because I don't want to uh, expose that as a spoiler. Um, but I, I think there is a, at least one more uh, kind of big theme uh, that the movie um, has some discourse with in terms of uh, how it may fit specifically in the year 2022 and some of the things that we have at our fingertips. Right. And uh, on that note, I think that I want to just say the vision and we can talk about cinematography here. We could talk about set production, all of those technical aspects of this movie. I had mentioned to you after we had seen it, that this feels like such a fully realized Gotham And a lot of that is because it is strangely, in a lot of ways, it is very far from our reality, but in in some ways it is not that far from our reality at all. It's it's stylized. And in that sense, it doesn't seem like the real world, but the themes are all there and it's taken. And so even more so than the Nolan movies, I would say that this feels more grounded and, uh, that is something that you can see in just how much of the city explore. There's so many different sets yes. that we get to in the story and the logistics of being able to shoot on all those different sets. And in a, in a way, as a viewer, you kind of understand what the city is looks like. You know, you kind of yeah. get a feel for what part of the city you're in. Um, Granted, you do spend a lot of time in specific areas of the city, but that's key to what where the story is going. And um, I, I, I was just kind of, you know, like in awe and just loved watching 
the visual look of the city. There was so, and a lot of that has to do with the lighting and the way that it's shot, but it is uh, a joy to watch. Well, and the, it's rainy a lot in <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Uh, they do so many scenes that where it is raining and that adds to kind of the, the tone and the feel of this film. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. The, this city, it's almost like the city is a character in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the production design is so detailed and uh, yet you are firmly placed in Gotham City. Um in almost every other, at least the Nolan movies, the Nolan movies feel like you're in just a normal city. Uh, yeah. Like it feels like you could be any U.S. city. Um, and even though this is very New York City, it's like kind of grimier New York City. Right. Everything about it is darker and you can just, you can feel that it is a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, that plays a huge, I think, role in how we receive this environment. Um, and then, yeah, like, like you said, the way that it is shot, the way that it is edited, um, the editing in this film is absolutely on another level. I don't like, I can, I can already say that if this movie had come out in 2021, this would be my favorite editing of the year. Uh, I just think the editing is so good in this movie. It is done at a very, very, very high level. And then you mix that with some pretty incredible uh, cinematography. They do a lot of shots of Batman's feet, which I think is interesting in the way that like you can hear his his shoes kind of like creak as he's moving around. Um the, the sound the way that the sound is the sound also i think uh has a really good shot of not only being nominated but potentially winning uh best sound so they could win those two i think it could win those two oscars uh next year i mean we haven't even done the oscars for this year i'm already talking about how this is this is on another level it's just on another level in terms of uh being technically perfect yeah I, I one thing that I almost feel is like a uh, auditory like influence is he almost is like a cowboy in the way that they they shoot him walking into a scene. They focus on his boots and it's almost like you can hear oh, something like spurs on his shoes yeah. kind of tinkle and the, the reverberation of the the sound of him walking. It is definitely you're you are meant to feel his presence in the room um and then at times you you are surprised by his presence in the room which is just kind of a cool way that that shows the versatility of the character he can be sneaky when he needs to he can be imposing when he needs to um yeah i i agree with that uh i do want to uh talk about score here for a little bit but before that um one last thing about the cinematography this movie is uh, filmed almost entirely in dark settings, like the actual lighting. Uh, but it, like sometimes you you watch a movie and it's dark and it feels really dark and like there's things you can't see very well. But I never felt like it was a problem being able to see what we're supposed to see. And if you can't see things, it's purposeful as to why you really can't see it. Um, and so the, the way that this film is lighted is just insane. Like it's, it's so good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I cannot, I cannot say enough how much I love this from a technical standpoint. Um, and like, I, I love the technical aspect of filmmaking. Um, and for a lot of like actiony superhero type movies, the technical aspects are usually pretty good, but this is marrying kind of what makes those superhero movies great from a technical standpoint with what makes absolutely amazing film. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's just perfect. It's perfect in my yeah. opinion vision it's just a perfect vision so the 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 colors uh choices and this the decision to complement certain colors there's a lot of reds in the movie there's a lot of kind of goldish hues at times and uh obviously a lot of dark 
colors. Um, but it's, it's great. I love it. Um, let's talk about Michael Giacchino's uh, score for, for this. Uh, this score <laughs> is pretty great. Um, it's constantly there. Like it, you, you are very aware of the fact that it it is there and it is setting the tone for these scenes mm -hmm. um and and it what you're seeing on the screen uh mixed with what you're hearing from the score it fits uh yeah. it, you can tell that uh Giacchino and Reeves were on the same page every step of the way and you can't always say that about uh yeah. the score and the the visual um, yeah. but that that is 100% the case here uh I would be very 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 surprised if this score is not nominated for best original score next year at the Oscars it is I agree it, it, and here's the words I would use to describe it and it matches the tone of the movie it's bold it's brooding with the kind of propulsive kind of almost rhythmic sound of uh, the, the, the main theme. Uh, the high violins make it feel kind of sneaky at times. Um, it's all it's spooky at times. Yeah. It is uh, at, at times there's kind of a reprieve and it's a little bit more beautiful. They have kind of a more a beautiful theme for uh, some, some of the I should say lighter moments in the movie uh, or hopeful moments at times. And uh, it is, I think, like you said, a, a great uh, score, a great example of how score complements film. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I don't know uh, that we have much left to say in terms of how good this film is. Is there, without spoiling anything, is there anything in the film that, um, you didn't particularly like or that could potentially be a drawback um i think that they there is something i don't want to say what it is I, i'm going to say that i that there's there's something that didn't bother me that much it is towards the end of the movie um that ultimately doesn't have a huge effect on story but i could have done without it i'll say that yeah um, i believe we're talking you know what I believe, yeah, the, I, this is the same thing that I feel too. And it's the only point where I'm like, it's a little off um, because it feels maybe a little forced um, and it's not necessary. It's not, it doesn't uh, really add too much to the narrative and, and what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, I, I understand why they did it, um, but it, like, like I said, it's not necessary. Um, but I can forgive it because it's so small and it's really not that big of a, a big of a deal and it didn't impact uh, how I enjoyed the film. Um, and maybe in a way it adds a little intrigue as to what may be coming. Um, and so maybe, maybe there is something good about it in that sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think that is maybe my only drawback. Um, I know there is going to be some critique about the length of this movie being almost a three hour movie. Uh, I gotta say that it did not feel like a three hour movie. Um, there are times where I'll sit down and I'll watch a really long movie and at points in time, I'm like, okay, how much time is left? I'm like looking at my clock just to see, okay, how much longer do I have? And I never felt this way with this movie. I, I wanted to keep seeing what's happening and in fact, if it wasn't for the fact that my bladder needed a break, um, I, I probably could have sat for another hour uh, and continued to watch this story play out. Um, I mean, other than the fact that it, it, it naturally kind of comes to an end where, where mm -hmm. it's at. But um, I'm, all I'm saying is that I think that the pacing is pretty good. Um, I think that there's intrigue throughout the entire thing that uh, keeps you invested. And uh, whereas three hours is going to be really long in many situations, um, it just, it just isn't here. Yeah. I, I was thinking, you know, we saw uh, the movie Dune and IMAX and that was a movie that I felt I, you might've felt differently, but I very much felt like that movie dragged for me. 
and I was ready for that movie to be over. I, in some ways, I, I was kind of bummed that this movie was over. Like, I, I was glad that it had its, its uh, ultimate ending and the way it wrapped up was very well done. But I was like, oh, I can't wait to see more. You know, I was just, I was excited to, to be part of this world. Well, yeah, and now I am so jacked for any sequels that may end up coming as uh, a result of this. Um, I know that they are probably going to be starting uh, production on a new movie within, I would imagine, next year. They'll probably start production on another movie. Um, I know that Matt Reeves said he wanted to take a little bit of a break, but he's like anxious to do more, he said. And there is... Uh, apparently a plan to do some sort of series involving Colin Farrell as the penguin. Hmm, um, and so that would be an HBO max series uh, that I think he, Matt Reeves would be a producer of. I've heard something along those lines. Um, I want to come back to our question. Where does this movie stand in relation to other Batman movies? Is this the best or is this, on par with the dark knight because i'm assuming that's your favorite batman movie yeah i mean the dark knight is i think was kind of the quintessential uh superhero movie and specifically batman movie um i rated this movie higher uh so i have to say that this is the best batman movie and it almost feels a little cheap or maybe i'm soft in saying that but some movie has to eventually be the best and uh, I mean, we we did get some uh, iterations of Batman in between um, with Ben Affleck, and I know that he didn't ever get a standalone movie, and maybe that would change uh, the way that I uh, view that. But uh, I, I it, there, it shows, it proves that you can't just make a Batman movie, and I'm going to absolutely love it like that's it it has to be done right and matt reeves took a story that everybody knows and uh made it his own and actually brought new story to the table um and made it uh interesting interesting enough to uh warrant making another batman movie and rebooting the series um and i loved every minute of it and i will probably watch it a billion times like i did with uh the dark knight and those christopher nolan movies um uh, just because it 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 connects with me it, it really does and that's uh that's really exciting and it makes me really excited to see what's to come with with this iteration of batman yeah, I agree. And I, I guess one last thing that I would say is I am hopeful about this movie's ability to appeal to a mass audience. I think it has that ability, even with it being challenging, more challenging, I think, than a lot of superhero movies. But I think what that does is it creates a bridge between some really great film and this, what we would call popular kind of mainstream films. And hopefully it kind of creates new fans of uh, films that are a little bit more uh, intellectual or, or challenging. And maybe somebody who hasn't seen Taxi Driver or The French Connection or uh, Chinatown might learn that the, those were influences for this movie and enjoy those movies, you know? So yeah. I, I think that that's a cool aspect of this movie. Um, and this movie could not have come out if it weren't for the Christopher Nolan Batmans like that. Christopher Nolan Batmans sort of set the groundwork or laid the groundwork for uh, this to be able to happen. And I, I even think that uh, um, the our Joker movie also kind of opened things up a little bit more to uh, to tackle maybe some more of the societal things that go along with uh, a, a world like Gotham um, mm -hmm. and, and 
that I like that. I like that aspect yeah. of it. So um, I'm very thankful that Matt Reeves decided to take this on and wasn't scared off by the fact that there have already been really good uh, other Batman movies. And uh, he, he brought it. He absolutely brought it 110%. And uh, I fully expect him to do the same thing for um, any following movies that he makes. Yeah. Well, this has been us gushing over the movie for about 40 minutes or so. I don't know how long we've been recording, but I enjoyed it. I, I am excited to see it again. Yeah, uh, me too. Um, probably going to be one of our favorite shows that we, <laughs> we do this year, uh, just because yeah. we did love it so much. Um, and ho- hopefully we'll, we'll revisit it uh, as we get um, further down the line and that it comes back up sometime in the fall as we're, we're talking awards. So uh, go see it. Um, is going to be released here on a Wednesday night, meaning that for most of the public, they're not going to see it until tomorrow, Thursday, uh, and or Friday, or sometime over the weekend. But uh, if you are planning on um, going to the theaters, this is definitely a movie to, to catch in the theaters. I think that uh, it is definitely worth seeing on the big screen. Um, and I will be back in the theaters, maybe even this weekend to see it again, uh, if I can fit it in my schedule. So until next time, have a great week and we will see you later. See ya.